0: Gnostics, long-haired
1: weirdos, short-haired weirdos, government, the government, the government, love the government, the government, love the government, Welcome to The Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I'm joined today by my conservative counterpart, attorney, and former deputy assistant to President Trump, May Malman. Hey, Mike. Hey, May. So I, you know, we had so much Supreme. In fact, it was exclusively Supreme Court in the regular show. There were some other things that we wanted to get to, and we just didn't have time. And I'm really happy you're able to, to be part of the, the midweek show this week, and so we can we can get to those. Starting with, oh, let's see, something I've wanted to talk to you about for a while now. I, I should point out, listeners, you might recall. May is a a VP at Restoring Integrity and Trust in Elections, and that's a a nonprofit. Well, they focus on, well, restoring integrity and trust in elections, right? Um, And and so obviously you care a lot about this. And so this story, I think, really can potentially draw on your expertise. It's something that matters a lot to me, accurate voter rolls. And so here's the backdrop. In 2012, Election officials in seven, mostly blue states, Colorado, Delaware, Maryland, Nevada, Utah, uh, Virginia, and Washington, they created with the help of the Pew Charitable Trust this nonprofit called Electronic Registration Information Center, or ERIC as it's called, to verify voter rolls. Now, by 2021, 30 states had joined into this, including some red and even deep red states. We're talking Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, West Virginia, among others. Now, the program is funded by participating state election agencies. It has an operating budget of a little over $1.5 million per year. It works like this. States regularly submit voter registration, motor vehicle licensing information to ERIC. They match that against other member states' data, as well as Postal Service change of address data and Social Security death information. And through this process, they ID voters who have moved or died who are registered to vote in more than one state. Then they report this back to the states, and the states take whatever appropriate informational corrective action they need to take when there are irregularities here. That's part of it. But another part of the agreement involves voter registration. Participating states in ERIC agree to mail notifications to state residents who are eligible to vote but haven't registered and they give them information on how they can register in their state. Now, according to the organization, in the little more than a decade it's been around, they've identified over 36 million instances of voter record updates necessary, as well as sent out through the state, 60 million uh, how-to-register notifications to voters who are unregistered. And and so based on that, you'd think, well, this sounds like a really straightforward, bipartisan, good government thing. And that has been the point, uh, the case, till very recently. But this year, eight Republican-left states have left the program, uh, Alabama, Florida, Iowa, Louisiana, Missouri, Ohio, Virginia, and West Virginia, and there are proposals to do so at various levels in five other states, Alaska, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Texas, and Wisconsin. And so the question that comes to mind is, well, why would all of these states, that's a lot of states, and all of them being conservative states, why would they all of a sudden want to withdraw from what seems to be a pretty straightforward program? May, what's, what's going on here?
0: I think it's a question of harm versus benefit. So, you had mentioned that 30,000 or so wrong registrations were flagged. Well, in uh, 2012, the number of wrong registrations was found to be about 24 million. So, okay, well, we're Getting a you know a minute fraction of that, so the problem that is seeking to you know to be addressed really isn't.
1: Um, just, just before you go that, on, I go on, sorry, I might have misspoken. Uh, Eric said that over the course of now, this is since 2012, so it's uh, what uh, I can do. I can do math. It's it's a, it's it's 11 years. They've identified overall 36.5 million voter. Right now divide that by 12, but. But anyway, so it's it's got it's, it. Okay, okay.
0: That's that's much better. But um yeah, so so okay, so then you are gonna target those registrations. So that's a benefit, but then let's think about the harms to the states. Now eric although it parades around and this is not uncommon in washington as a non-partisan institution it was founded by uh george soros money and so you can never you, even if you don't think george soros is some sort of boogeyman you can never assume that something that he creates is meant to help conservatives right so the the basic foundation of it because it was founded by somebody who has an entirely different worldview than conservatives do, all of a sudden you're wondering, is this organization for me? I mean, it's like asking a liberal to join the federal society. Like, I don't really know about that. Uh, The person who was instrumental in founding it was, his name is David Becker. He has a reputation, earned reputation as someone who hates conservatives uh, he has worked for progressive organizations who oppose voter ID and other uh, those sorts of common sense election reforms. So now you've got two knocks. You've got George Soros money and you've got the founder is somebody who has worked against things that conservatives are working for. Then you've got some transparency issues. Uh <laughs> There's information sharing. So all these states are giving all this data, very sensitive data to ERIC. Well, what is ERIC doing with it? They are sharing it with this David Becker person started a new organization called the Center for Election Innovation and Research. And that is a group that gives money to battleground states. So this idea of private money in elections Is something that conservatives have a lot of concern with because it seems like a get out the vote for Democrats in battleground counties. Okay, so now all my data is going to, you know, what seems to be a left leaning organization. That's not great. But still, states stuck around throughout all of that. So actually, there was, I think that more states stuck around. It, It was almost surprising. Finally, in February of 2023, the sort of Republican-leaning states asked for various specific reforms, um, like you know, tell me, I want, I want transparency. I want to know where all this money uh, is going. Hey, you, you are sending around a lot of voter registration. I don't want you to continue to ping people who have already received multiple registration opportunities and rejected them. Um, so. Uh, there was some also restrictions on how, if if you're going to share your data with Eric, now there's some restrictions on how you can use that data. So if Eric gives you information and you want to use it to clean up your uh, death rolls or something, you find out who's dead. Oh, you can't do that. You can only use it for voting. So there there was these sort of restrictions that states didn't like. So after those reforms were rejected, that's when you saw the exodus. So I do think that there's some benefit, but I think ultimately, you know, these states are just trying to make a harm versus benefit decision, and you just can't trust something that isn't
1: transparent,
0: and the lack of some of this transparency is scary to people.
1: Yeah, I I certainly think that it's reasonable to want and and, and require transparency in terms of how this voter information is being shared and who it's going to and how it's being handled and all that. And I think of all the objections, it seems to me that that is the most reasonable one. And and I think that, that the organization has maybe not done everything they could uh, to increase transparency and, and maybe information security, on the on the other issue you mentioned the voter registration thing, it seems to me that part of the reason this was a bipartisan thing was that it gives both sides sort of something that they they love to focus on, right? I mean, liberals love to focus on voter registration uh, because they believe that getting more people registered to vote helps them in the long run, and OK, there's maybe some truth to that, but not as much, I think, as either Republicans or Democrats think. It's true that eligible but non-registered voters are maybe somewhat more likely to vote Democrat. But also it's true that registered voters, off registered Republicans, often voted at higher rates than registered Democrats. And so I'm not saying it's a wash. I think probably in the end there's a slight advantage, which makes it encouraging for the the, the left. but. Also, there's this concern about, you know, the two draconian vote security type of measures that a lot of us on the left believe are used to essentially suppress the vote. And I think one of the useful things maybe about this organization is to combine those two things in a way that could maybe both sides could feel like they were getting something that really spoke to their base in a way that a lot of programs don't. And I'm wondering... If you think that it's that it was a mistake from the beginning to combine these two functions, I guess
0: maybe maybe not i'm you know I'm of the view that actually these uh very loose uh voting systems so you know, bombarding people with registrations, I guess, is one of them, but voting trucks and no voter ID and, you know, four months of early voting, I'm exaggerating, two months of early voting, but like these sort of loose things are actually going to end up being beneficial to Republicans because in my view, I see the divide becoming class and that the party of the high class which can navigate a lot of the voting restrictions is going to be the democrats and the party of the middle and low class will be the republicans who maybe can't so i have no view on how these types of uh policies help or hurt republicans um you know anything more than like a year from now i i I just see the future as as different but um was it a mistake to combine them? I guess I guess you could say, yes, if you're going to have a voter roll cleanup organization that just shares data and cleans up the voter rolls, then do that. Um, and if you're going to have something that's a get out the vote organization, then do that. But yeah, you're not going to have a high level of trust if you don't exactly know what the purpose of the organization is. What really are you doing? What do you want our data for? When you say this is bipartisan, I've been in bipartisan groups before, you know, like they're center left. So what, you know, what does that mean? And if you could just have a very narrowly focused organization, but the things that I have heard, and I actually don't have any way of verifying this, but that. There have been a lot of conservative efforts to have that focused organization that is just data sharing to clean up voter rolls, but that David Becker is a very well-liked, he is a very well-resourced person, and he has worked to shut down those efforts and and make it more difficult by telling states, for example, like if you're going to join Eric, you can't join these other things, like there were these types of restrictions to, to like, and End the competition there, like I said, this is this is just what people are talking about. I don't have independent verification that that's true. I mean, it is the way that businesses and operate generally, so it's, it would not be surprising. Um, but yeah, it is it is unfortunate that this particular experiment failed because I think the idea is one that conservatives like. So I do think that conservatives are trying to recreate in other ways. It's just very, very expensive. It's very, very difficult. All these states have their data in in like totally different formats. So it's not just something that you can pick up and do. It's going to require a lot of money and a lot of effort.
1: Hey, you know, it just seems. I guess it seems crazy to me. Not really crazy. (laughs) It's not surprising, but it seems to me to be a common sense sort of thing that we we could find some way to have a fifty state system where you would know right if someone is is has moved or is registered I, this to me it just seems like basic you know basic due diligence on making sure that election rolls are accurate and it's weird to me that anyone would object to that at least in theory right and i should point out even eric right california's not a member of eric new york's not a member of Eric for reasons that I I have no idea why it seems weird to me, but the fact that we don't have this in the first place, maybe I I would bet a lot of Americans don't know this, that, that, yeah, this, this is just kind of a fact of life. We have all these weird election systems and it's not necessarily the, there are a lot of people who are, who move and register and are registered in two. That doesn't mean that those people are voting in multiple States or anything like that, but that's, that's a, that's a secondary point. The main point is that it seems to me like there really should be a system, a nationwide system to make sure that in federal elections, everyone is only registered for one place and only is able to vote where they live. I, that seems weird to me that anyone would disagree with that. We hope you enjoyed this preview of our supporters exclusive midweek show. If you'd like to hear the rest of the episode, we hope you'll consider becoming a supporter. Supporters get ad-free access to all of our shows, membership in our Politics Guys Discord group where you can join in on the conversation, and other benefits at different levels of support. To become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash politicsguys. You can also support us through Venmo, or at politicsguys, or through PayPal. You'll find all of our support links in the show notes as well as at politicsguys.com slash support. And if you'd like to get the midweek show, but you're not in a position to become a financial supporter, that's not a problem. Just send me an email at, at com, and I'll be happy to get that set up for you.